Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk podcast. Today is March 25th, 2020. I am Joe Sarfati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by one of the best GPP players and players in general, I have to say, in both NBA and NFL DFS. It is my partner in crime here, Mr. Andrew Hansen. Well, good morning, Coach. I'm excited. Yeah, we've been uh, deep in the NBA here, and we get to start breaking down teams two at a time. But we've also got some NFL fun back in the picture with an NFL simulation on DraftKings tonight. It's a rematch of the Super Bowl, San Francisco and Kansas City. And I'm excited to break that down and start sharing some lineups with our members on that as well. That's fantastic, man. And, you know, uh, we want to start the show off. Right on that theme, uh, some fantastic news. I mean, couldn't be more excited. I think it's a, a great uh, get for us at DFS Coach Talk as far as uh, building this to what we know it will be. And uh, that is having somebody run the entire NFL side of things uh, that uh, I completely trust and I know is fantastic in that space and has had a lot of success and winning and that is our own Andrew Hansen so I am uh, very proud to announce that he will be our head NFL pro uh, along with his basketball duties uh, which uh, will keep him pretty darn busy so uh, welcome Andrew and thank you for accepting such a big role and I know you're going to be a big part of the future success with DFS Coach Talk. Well, yeah, thanks a lot, Coach. I'm really excited about it. Looking forward to it already. And, you know, the thing is, not all of us can be pros and run the show seven days a week like you in basketball. And so that's why football is, you know, it's a little bit easier. They only play, you know, a, a few nights a week. So it's, yeah. it's a much it's a much easier schedule. Now that's true. I didn't, you know, <laughs> I didn't really look at it. That's not even fair, man. Yeah, you guys get like one game on Thursday or two, whatever. Right, Thursday, one Sunday, or two Monday. On Monday. Yeah, yep. that's a piece, of, man. If I had basketball three days a week, that would be pretty easy. But you know what? I'd get bored. I mean, I, I need, I need basketball every day, and that's why this, this complete shutdown is driving me cuckoo. I think. Yeah. So. Uh, just to give a little preview f- uh, for our listeners, if you're into football um, and if you haven't been paying attention, again, we are going to be, um, you know, crushing the NFL as well. And because we now have simulations going, that's just one more reason. If you want to become a member at DFS Coach Talk, join now. You know, and starting today, we're going to give away NFL lineups in our Discord, and I'm going to break down some analysis and stats of why you'd want to play different players as your captain because on um, on DraftKings, they're just doing the showdown slate with one matchup. Uh, same in NBA. They're not, they're not doing it like FanDuel in the NBA where you have anywhere from five to eight or nine NBA games, quote unquote yeah. games. So we're going to really break down the strategy of the NFL um, in the context of a showdown slate and which captain you want to select so if you join today, then you can start getting that NFL exposure with various NFL lineups to pick from. And and remember this. Here's the, the key to that is 
your membership is frozen until sports starts again. So just because you would join today and, and let's say you get a week membership, which is $25, it, you don't, it doesn't uh, start. The clock does not start until the first day that we're back with either NBA or MLB. So it could be a month, could be two weeks, it could be three months. Nobody still knows. But the bottom line is, if you want to take full uh, access to everything that we do at DFS Coach Talk, our Discord, all of our uh, articles that we post, our discussions with un- amongst the seven uh, pros that we have in our chat, and uh, the simulations the, uh, that we're going to be doing, and we have a con- contest going <clears throat> where you can win uh, you know, some merchandise from DS- DFS Coach Talk and some memberships. And all of that is just, you know, we're all in this together. We're all riding it out. So I want to encourage as many members to jump in now and get the one month, two month, three month, whatever it ends up being is basically free. And then, you know, that certainly will give you an opportunity to get to know all our pros and our members. We have a fantastic community and, you know, it's a fun distraction from what's going on in the world right now. So, uh, Really a, a great opportunity uh, to get involved. Most providers are not, you know, uh, allowing that type of, of uh, basically free memberships for that period of time. Um, but the other thing, too, that you need to know with, with DFS Coach Shock that also separates us, and it was a big decision that we made about a month ago, and that was if you uh, are a member of our community at DFS Coach Talk, you get everything. We don't break it down like all the other guys where you have to pay for each sport differently. You know, so you're paying for this membership and then that one and this one auto renews and then you got to pay for another one. And you, you got all these different things, you know, that they're hitting you up for. Or you have eight layers of, you know, I have to pay for an optimizer. I have to pay for this. I have to pay for that. You know, we are cut and dry here. And, you know, we are hard on the sleeve kind of guys. We offer the membership. Once you're a member, you're part of the family, you're in, you get everything we've got. And right now we're, we're top, I mean literally top of the line, NBA, MLB, and NFL coverage. So those are the three sports that we focus on. We have, uh, like I say, seven pros that, that uh, filter into those sports for us. So it's not like one guy doing nascar lacrosse australian rules football i mean we really we will (laughs) never have more than one person doing two sports andrew's probably going to be uh at the top of that list doing uh you know nfl and then some basketball i'll i'll be running basketball and then doing some baseball but most of our pros you know like we have a fantastic guy in andy g doing uh, baseball and Micah Patria, as you all know very well, doing basketball. So we're aligned, you know, to be one of the best providers. And this, you know, we're also grandfathering people in because we're all about loyalty and memberships. And, you know, we, we had said the first month to six weeks, we were going to, anybody that joined initially, and this is a perk, we're not even like selling it out there, or putting it out there. We just feel that strongly about uh, building a good base of people. So when people have joined, once they get in there, 
I let them know, you know, because it's still the very beginning for DFS Coach Talk, and for those of you that don't know, we had three weeks uh, and we were a 75% uh, winning, uh, 15 and 5 during that time because we had a couple double slates in there. Um, But when they do that, I've let them know that they are considered uh, foundation members. And with that foundation member tag, they get a discount on any membership renewal in in time that they, you know, when they're up for renewal. And you can either get a week, a month, or a season based, or I'm sorry, or a year based on uh, the time frame. So you don't have to worry about when one sport ends and the other overlaps. You're just in there for those particular periods of time. So, you know, there's a lot of perks we're, we're throwing out there. And like I said, I think this is going to grow uh, immensely. And the last point I wanted to make, Andrew, too, is, you know, we are going to cap our memberships. We're still determining what those numbers are going to be. But uh, we will cap memberships specifically uh, during football when it's going to be super busy or at the beginning of basketball because, you know, we want our we're giving out full lineups for DraftKings and FanDuel. So, you know, we respect that there are going to, you know, once we get a decent size, there's there are going to be quite a few people that are utilizing our lineups. Now, I've seen it in action. It's not a problem. It's not like you're going to have to split a tournament, you know, 37 ways. I mean, we're all uh, putting our badge. So everybody sees the DFS Coach Talk badge. And there are so many tournaments and so many cash games and so many head-to-heads. I mean, you can, it's not an issue, but we're not going to let it get to the point where maybe the big GPP has, you know, 75 of our people in it. I, you know, I'll keep control of that. So I don't want anybody to be concerned of that side. And we'll, we'll come up with those caps and announce those. And they may be seasonal because as we know, you know, football, you know, gets the, the bulk of the action. So I wanted to explain that with the announcement because we are going to spend the next month or so you know, really talking, getting out there, trying to get people to, to come aboard, check out our sim- simulation contest in basketball, and we'll have some coming up in football. And then, you know, with Andy G pushing baseball and talking in every day in, the, in there and me with hoops and Andrew with, with football, now we've got the full deal going in this time of preparation. And my best advice, and I know, you know, uh, I, I get a little coachy sometimes, but my name is coach, so that counts. I I really think you use this time, whether it be four weeks or six weeks, whatever it is, for preparation to crush when it gets back, whether that be in basketball, baseball, or football, because you could prepare very much so in all three. And we're going to start, you know, we've had, if you haven't listened to our last four podcasts, tune in because we went through everything from bankroll management to uh, contest builds, or lineup builds, the process, everything. Listen to those because that you're going to fill in a lot of gaps. And now with today, we're starting two two teams every day, just a, a complete breakdown of sort of in the NBA where they stand, what they look like, what do we expect when they come back. What, you know, Andrew and I have sort of surmised, we feel at least, and we're going to 
be presumptive saying we think there may be about 10 regular season games and then into the playoffs. So we're going to sort of review teams that way. We're also going to have all our different pros uh, jumping in on some of these two-team uh, breakouts so you get to know everybody a little bit. And then we have some awesome special guests that are coming. And then uh, in 15 days, uh, if we're still in, in the, the dark time here of not, no sports, then we're going to start the same scenario with baseball. And we'll, we'll get through that. And then who knows? Maybe at that point we're back. If, you know, uh, if it is just after Easter or something, that'd be phenomenal. If we have to go a little further, then we'll transition it into a football preview. So the bottom line is, you know, we're using this time to get better, figure out things. You'll hear us talk today about things about Cleveland Cavaliers and Atlanta Hawks. You're probably saying, who gives a damn about those teams? But you know what? We'll uncover some things that if you mark down as keys for when they start playing again, and it's helter-skelter at that time, so many teams are com- sports are coming back at the same time, you'll have notes saying, this is who I want to target, or this is somebody that I got to remember because his usage is so high, or they're so bad defensively here. You know, why not do that than try to play League of Legends or just stuff that really, I mean, I, I'm not saying if you're a League of Legends guy and you get it, you know those teams on there and all that stuff. I can't imagine there's too many people that do, but if you do, good, go for it. But for most of us, that's completely foreign uh, to us. So rather than waste our time trying to do that or look at teams, you know, who's the best team from 50 years ago against teams from 20 years ago. And I've seen more stuff out there and I get it. Everybody's trying to kill time, but make it productive. Let's we at DFS Coach Talk made the decision that, yeah, maybe it's not the most sexy thing. You can throw something on Twitter saying, who would you take over Jordan? Bird, Johnson, this and that. Who would you pair him with? You know, all that kind of goofy stuff, which is fun. I get it. But that's not preparing you to win money in DFS. And everything we're going to do from now in this time that sports is down is we're preparing to win money in DFS. So that's it, Andrew. That's my soapbox. Uh, I got motivated because we got you in here as our NFL guy. So that's it. I'll stop talking. Yeah, wonderful description there and summary. Bottom line is this, it's a really exciting time and it's a real opportunity here. That's that's what we're viewing this time period as, a real opportunity to get better. And even just preparing for this show today, just looking at two teams, uh, I think it's been a real advantage. So I'm looking forward to sharing it with our listeners. I am too. So keep keep an eye out for the tweets. Uh, you know, this podcast will be aired here uh, pretty early today, about lunchtime on the East. And... Uh, you know, jump in, take a look, see what you got. But let's let's dive into today's chore, Andrew. And I get to go first because I have the team with the very worst record in the East, and that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through some statistical things uh, that I worked on, things that I've followed pretty closely throughout the year, and then some things that as I was doing my research last night, I was a little surprised of, but things that we need to notate uh, going forward. Now, you know, we all know that Cleveland is is uh, just in shambles. You know, we've talked about it several times. Uh, Beeline re- <clears throat> resigned. J.B. Bickerstaff took over the team. 
he's taken over. I think every coach that's gotten fired in the last 10 years, J.B. Bickerstaff has been the coach. And it, it seems <laughs> like, doesn't it seem like that? Yes, yes, it's it does. It's so hilarious. It's almost a, a punchline anymore. But anyway, he's taken over. And the big question is going to be, you know, what are the plans for the Cavs? I mean, they, they made that trade for Drummond. And, you know, what's the scenario there? That's going to be the 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 start of the rebuild. Are they building around Drummond or is Drummond going to hit the road and they're just going to, you know, reshuffle and try to build by the draft? Um, you know, they did it. They've done it before when they lost LeBron. You know, they, they picked Kyrie and different guys. Now, it, it helped maybe just a smidgen. LeBron came back. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it could be just a rebuild because they do have some nice young pieces. Uh, you know, and Kevin Love falls in the same bucket as Drummond. But let's talk about a couple of things real quickly here. As far as the Cavaliers this season, uh, you know, as as far as games played, um, you know, their main horses all year. Colin Sexton has been their major stud. He's he's played the most games. It seems like they're trying to build mostly around him at, as the young guy. He has averaged almost 21 points a game. Uh, with three assists and uh, three rebounds um, and two and a half turnovers, which two and a half turnovers for a second year point guard is pretty good. I mean, it's real. It's not great, but it's 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 pretty good. I mean, he's got handling the ball most of the game. You know, you'll you'll see numbers when we look at some other guys like Trey Young that Andrew will touch on those those uh, turnover numbers get to be a little silly. Yes, um, they do. And here's the part that I did not realize was so fantastic with Colin Sexton. He's shooting almost 52% from the field and 85% from the foul line. Isn't that impressive? I love that, especially for a guard. You just don't see guards shooting over 50% anymore from the field. And my point guard, a guy who's handling the ball a lot, he's got to be over 80% at the line. I mean, I agree 100%. I think that means means everything. I mean, that's just a fantastic stat. Now, he's shooting 38% from three, which isn't like fantastic, but it's not going to kill you. So, you know, if he can get that to 40 and, you know, you're looking at a guy, 85, 50, 40 guy, there's not too many of those guys in the league. So, you know, Sexton, I think we've underrated a little bit throughout the year as far as his price is always pretty uh, consistently, uh, you know, not super low, but value type numbers. So he's a good guy. I think that when you come back, I mean, he's going to be in the exact same role. So he's a good, good guy to put a star around. Um, there are other key guys, you know, things we don't know, like I said, let's talk about Kevin Love and Andre Drummond real quick. You know, statistically they have, they have really solid numbers. I mean, Kevin Love is a pro's pro, but the question is, does he want to be there, and are they going to move him? But he's averaging 17.6, uh, 10 rebounds a game, 3.2 assists, and he's shooting uh, 55% from the field, 86% from the free throw line, and 38% from three. So he's still a star in this league, even though he's getting older. And he's, you know, he's 31 years old, so he still has maybe – three, four, five years left, solid, I think. So, you know, we'll see what happens with him. 
Drummond, we all know that statistically, he's only played eight games with the Cavs and sparingly, but his numbers with Detroit this year were epic. I mean, I, every, I think I definitely rostered him more than anybody else in the first half of the year and in all of DFS because he was just such a monster double-double guy. Not even, I mean, he was just auto. You could count on that extra point points for the double-double. But he was at 17.5 um, points per game, um, 11 rebounds. So that came down quite a bit because he was up by like 15 rebounds. But a block and a half and almost two steals a game, which is something you don't see from the center of that often. Uh, 60% from the field, but... His woes have always been the foul line, 51%. But believe it or not, that's an improvement on where he was the last couple seasons. So he's a good commodity. I mean, he's a big center that the big question will be, you know, what are they going to do? So my my point here is big star by Sexton. Love and Drummond, we have to put a question mark. Listen to the coach talk as they're coming back. Are they going to be a part of whatever they're doing the final 10 games if they even get 10 games. Uh, and really, I would put more of the emphasis on Sexton, and for sure, and Darius Garland and Kevin Porter. Garland and Porter have seen a big uh, spike. Garland did get hurt a little bit, so that slowed him down. But he got himself up to 13 points a game, uh, four assists, and started uh, performing in a lot of different areas. Because, you know, he's been a point guard in the past, and just adjusting sort of like the Sexton Garland are trying to be like a mini uh, Lillard McCollum type of situation. And then Kevin Porter, who they took this year uh, pretty high out of USC, it really started to show some signs of busting out. He had some break the slate kind of DFS performances a couple of weeks before the shutdown, got himself all the way up over 10 points per game. And, you know, did it all the way around, too. He gets some rebounds, assists, steals, uh, even some blocks. So he's a, an up-and-comer that you want to watch. Um, the plotters that I like to call them, in my opinion right now for Cleveland, are, you know, Tristan Thompson. I know he can do well, and sometimes he's a good buy at center. But all in all, he's still pretty much a plotter. You know, he's 12, 12 points uh 10 rebounds. That's not bad. I mean, but, you know, there are so many games that he does throw up, you know, eight points and six rebounds and it can kill you. Same thing with Jetty Osmond. He's shown signs. Larry Nance has broken a few slates, but he's also broken a lot of hearts, too. He's had some <laughs> terrible games. So, you know, you got to just sort of stay on the outside looking in with him. And really, the rest of the guys aren't even worth mentioning the Delavadovas and stuff. So, that's that's the build. Now, I want to go on a, a few things to talk about a little bit more about this team. As far as from the pace standpoint, something to remember with Cleveland is, uh, even though they have such young guys and such good guards, they're still only 21st in pace. So something to put a big circle around, because if they get, if they phase Drummond and Love out a little bit and go with more of the young speed guys, and they have switched from Beeline, who... If you remember Beeline, his whole career, LeMoyne, all the way through the years, Michigan, I followed his career so closely. He always has a really sound defensive shutdown team, and they play a half-court game where they look for threes. They're, he's a three-point 
scoring offense, and they'll work the ball until they can pop somebody to get a, an open three. So with J.B. Bickerstaff, in the past, he's taken over with teams in multiple cities. He generally plays a little more up-tempo. So I think that why, that's why Cleveland may be a key team, even though they're the worst team in the East right now. If we do get 10 or 15 games, who knows, in this final regular season, that pace shift could really elevate, especially those young guards. I think Sexton, Garland, and Porter become guys that are going to make a lot of my lineups. And so that's something uh, to watch very closely because Bickerstaff had only taken out over for, I believe, 10 games or somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, here's the other thing that is an extreme point, and I, I made so much money this year, I almost feel guilty off of this, but Cleveland's 30th out of 30 teams defensively. And I've talked about this so many times, people that listen every day probably say, we know, Coach, you've said it 8 million times. But Cleveland's defensive backcourt, as much as I just gave them praise, those guys, including Brandon Knight now off the bench and their other guy, or no, Knight's gone from the team. He's, he's not there. Uh, Alfonso McKinney, the other guards that they have coming off the bench uh, and the starting guards have like epic, terrible defensive performances here. I mean, there was a point this year for a long stretch where they were the lowest defensive rated backcourt in the last eight years in the NBA. So make a huge note on them, you know, guards against Cleveland. And now if what I think is going to happen, I'll be able to correlate that with not only taking advantage of their terrible defense, but maybe their increased pace and offense. So uh, I'm going to be having a, a big light on Cleveland games. I know it sounds crazy, but I have no problem putting uh, a guard or two against Cleveland every single night. And now, you know, in the right matchups, putting one or two of the Cleveland guards in there as well. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention from a, a usage standpoint, I think this tells a big story. As far as where they stand right now on the season, and I know a lot of people have moved around with the trades and, and uh, whatnot, but still important. As far as usage, Colin Sexton leads the team at 27.2, Kevin Love at 23.1, Garland at 20.7, and Porter at 20.5. So that even feeds more into what we just discussed. You know, those five guys, their usage is super high. Now, Drummond doesn't qualify for this yet because he hasn't been there long enough. And when he's been there, they really haven't utilized him uh, to the extent that that uh, we thought that they would. So something to keep an eye out for there. But, um, you know, if you if you look at those usage percentages, you know, factor love sort of in or out. Sexton, Garland, Porter, bing, bing, bing. So, and that's not even going to, you know, compared to what it's going to be. I think those could all go up by five to eight points, uh, you know, especially if they change that uh, rotation. Because the other guys, you know, what Nance is in there, people love to play Larry Nance for some reason, because one out of 20 games, he'll get 55. But you know what his usage is, Andrew? 15%. You know, guys like to throw him in there. You know what, what Jetty's is? 16%. Um, you know, all those guys, they're playing, they're getting some minutes, but they're not getting the ball. Um, so it, it's just, you know, it, it doesn't uh, make sense to expect anything else than those main guys to go up. 
So that's a big point I wanted to make as well. <clears throat> and then I will finish up with this. The situation with the uh, current contracts, because that may have something to do with what's going to happen from here if, if they play some regular season games. With Kevin Love, they have him signed through 22-23. So he's not going anywhere because he's making an average of $31.3 million a year for the next four years. So unless somebody, I mean, like I said, he's a hell of a player, still has a lot of game left. think he could help somebody get over the top. But to sacrifice four years and that much salary, it's going to be tough to move him. It really is going to be tough. Um, so who knows? We'll see where that stands. And then once his, uh, you know, so we don't know what's going to happen with that. But I think he probably remains a Cav. I can't imagine anybody wants to trade for that kind of salary in these in this day and time <clears throat> now interesting on drummond he has a 27 million dollar contract this year and then uh it's guaranteed and then he can either opt in for 28.7 or opt out and become a free agent so this is where the question is are they going to sign drummond long term or is he going to skate i think he skates uh what do you, what do you think uh, andrew on drummond let me ask you that yeah i think he, he's going to test the market and see what's out there for long-term offers but it is yeah. a very interesting scenario there's i don't think there's any other team with a front court situation quite like this because you haven't even gotten to tristan thompson's contract situation that was probably right. coming up coming up next for you but he's an unrestricted free agent right and I read something recently that they they want to bring him back at a team friendly number. So it's just going to be a cat and mouse game of, you know, what do they offer Thompson? Does he take it? What is what is Drummond see on the open market Yeah. Uh, to try to figure out, you know, which two of those three, assuming love is still there. Will it be Drummond back in the back in the mix or does Tristan Thompson stick around? Well, I'm I'm going to put my opinion, and it's only an opinion. I think they both walk, and here's why. I think Drummond, somebody's going to step up and pay Drummond a four-year, you know, $180 million deal, whatever it is. He'll get he'll get a, a max or, or close to a max because, you know, I know he's got his ups and downs and sometimes a little bit of a head case, but he's he's the best rebounder in basketball. I mean, it's that simple. And I just think that, you know, if somebody wants to make a major impact and on their team going forward, this is the kind of guy that, that, that can do that. So I think he goes. Uh, Thompson's situation is interesting. I, here's the reason I think he goes. He's He is an unrestricted free agent, but Cleveland does have bird rights on him. And for those that don't know what bird rights are, it is named after Larry Bird. It was something they put in play in 1983. Uh, I actually remember very well when when this took place and what they wanted to do was to try to create a situation where uh, the home team had a better chance to maintain their players and somebody from another team in that scenario based on tenure and size of contract, they couldn't just offer them the same amount to go somewhere else. So. If Thompson is offered the max that any other team can offer him, they can up that by 20 percent 
and re-sign him. That's bird right. So you get that 20% cushion to keep somebody in place. And it's been, you know, it's worked with some teams keeping their big guys there, like the Hardens and different stuff. Sometimes the guys are, you know, already worth hundreds of millions. So, you know, they're going to skate anyway if they choose they want to go play with somebody else. But it, it is interesting because, you know, we're talking about Thompson on the free market. He still can play and he's a scrapper and, you know, he's got uh, some cha- a championship. And I think somebody will probably step up and pay him. And I can't imagine the Cavs are going to want to do that. So Wanda, those are really the key guys because other than that, Nance is locked up. Garland's locked up. Um, their rookies, Windler, McKinney. Kevin Porter, all those guys are locked up to 2023. Jetty's locked up to 2024. So they don't have anybody else coming up other than Matthew Della Vadova. And I'm sure that he'll take probably the minimum just to stay on the roster there because he's probably close to getting uh, shuffled out of the league. So really, you know, all of this being said, it just plays into sort of the, the theme of everything I've talked about here. And it's, you know, the question mark on, on Love and Drummond is something to watch. The, the terrific uh, potential finishing season of the team of Sexton, Garland, and Porter uh, is something to circle. And the fact that they have nobody else coming off the bench that can defend in the backcourt, Dante Exum, um, uh, let's see, Alfonso McKinney, Sheldon Mack, and Sir Dominic Pointer, my favorite name in the league, by the way. <laughs> Those guys. Uh, so, again, we're going to be able to target their backcourt and uh, hopefully play some of their backcourt. So that's my take on the Cleveland Cavaliers from sort of a, a perspective that that uh, with everything we do, you know, you'll find out if you're listening to us initially here. We're in the same we follow the same pattern. We have a process and we. We hand build, we hand, you know, we figure things out, we talk them through. We look at all those little pieces and nuances, you know, like, for example, I'm not sure any touts out there or any optimizers or anything like that are really anticipating that the pace of play is going to pretty dramatically increase possibly at the end of the year here with the change from beeline to Bickerstaff, all those kinds of things. We're looking at the coaches, the tendencies, you know, how those things affect play and ultimately affect DFS. And that's sort of our secret sauce. And I'm not ashamed in sharing it. I mean, we went through a, an hour and a half pod the other day and I went through the exact process, the five or six hour process to uh, prepare for every lineup that I've done that's, you know, everybody listening could follow that same process. But the biggest secret sauce in all that is the mix of all those other things. You know, knowing how Beeline's coached for the last 30 years, knowing what J.B. Bickerstaff's done in the past, looking at, you know, the contract situations and what, you know, owners like Gilbert's done in the past with guys with expiring contracts. And there just, it goes on and on and on. I could talk about it all day, but it's all those little things in the background that you have to factor in that differentiates one guy from the next. When they're the same price, they're playing with basically the same total, the defensive and pace ratings are similar, all those other 
secret sauce pieces that are the most important. That's what makes you choose maybe a Sexton over a Fox that day when Fox is $2,000 more, and that brings you the money. So there you go, my man. I'm going to hand it off to you and the the upstart because I love the future of the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, excellent breakdown there. I'll, I'll make one final point going down the stretch with the Cavaliers is we just have to keep an eye on who's in and who's out. And certainly that's true for every team. But what we saw recently with the Cavaliers and their injuries and Bickerstaff, they, they also tightened the rotation a little bit and had a few games where only eight or nine guys were getting real minutes. Yeah. And you, you saw guys like Delavadova have a couple real strong fantasy games because Garland and Porter were both out. So, uh-huh. you know, we're assuming that that'll shift. I mean, Porter was just out with that concussion and yep. Garland Garland had the groin injury. So going down the stretch, they should be ready. They'll, they'll yeah. be back and ready. So Delavadova will go back to the end of the line. Um, so be ready to get back on Porter. And of course, same thing with the bigs. I mean, there's been some real opportunity there with Drummond missing some games, Thompson sitting out occasionally. And so Cleveland's been one of the teams. It's been most important to have the news on and see what the starting lineup is, because if Drummond is playing or Thompson is playing, it makes a big difference. Or a couple couple times they both have been out and Nance has gotten the start, and that's when he's been a real option. So that'll be a key with Cleveland is just to, to monitor that news. I'm with you. All right, you ready to attack the Hawks? I sure am. So starting with the big picture, I, I found an interesting quote here from earlier in March just talking about the, the Hawks and sort of their goals for the season. And what Lloyd Pierce said was that at the beginning of the season, back on media day, he said, expectation is a word that won't come out of my mouth. This is wow. a low, this is a low pressure environment that our players will have. And I think everybody knew going into the season that Atlanta was going with the youth movement and they weren't going to try to, push for a top seed in the playoffs. They knew that they were still rebuilding. Um, but then things started to change a little bit, I think, during the season because the, the owner came out and said that what he what he thought is that the, the season would be a success if they had more wins than last year. Last year, they went 29 and 53. Yeah. And sort of mid-season, Atlanta was really struggling. They were 8 and 32. Ooh. And I think, you know, Coach Pierce started pushing a little bit more and and realizing that they weren't even going to get close to that mark if they didn't get their act together. And so they have improved. They've gone 12 and 15 over their last 27. Mm -hmm. So they're they're not going to get to 30 wins. Um, They'd have to go 10 and 5 if the entire regular season was was played out. So they're not going to get to 30 wins. Uh, they're not going to be in the playoffs. But around early March, he also came out and said, we are a playoff team and we we need to start playing like it. And even though we're not going to get there this year, we need to start having that mentality. So so they had a team meeting after one of their big losses, and then he started to hear some of the players come out and talk about getting more serious down the stretch here, playing harder, holding each other accountable – 
Uh, you know, and you've got Capella now as one of the veterans. He's even though he hasn't played yet for the Hawks, he's giving his two cents. So they're starting to talk about, hey, you know, we've got a lot of talent here. We want to build towards being a playoff team next year. So we, you know, and we touched on this in the show yesterday. The the Hawks are one of the teams at the bottom in the East who we think are going to play hard down the stretch. And yeah you know, try to win some ball games or at least compete. So I, I think they're definitely going to be in play for the rest of the regular season. We, you know, we've been targeting them throughout the season on both sides of the ball with such a terrible defense. They rank 28th in defensive efficiency yeah. and they're number five in pace. So they are in these high pace games. The other team's getting a lot of possessions, a lot of opportunities for fantasy points. So that's not going to change. So we're going to continue to target Atlanta's opponents going down the stretch. But what about the actual Hawks? Who are we going to target there? So I want to break down uh, some of their key players, some of the stats, similar to how you did coach for the Cavaliers. Okay. And we got to start with Trey Young. He's the engine that, you know, runs that team. And one stat that jumps out at me is, Trey Young is averaging 29.6 points per game this season. Wow. And as he's sitting around doing nothing, going stir crazy, don't you think he's looking at that number and thinking, you know what, if I have a real strong finish to the season here, I could average 30 points a game for the season. That's a pretty big number. It is. And and I, it's I, not accomplished very often, for no, sure. Especially I, I, by a second-year point guard. Exactly. So yeah. I think he's going to push for that. I think he's going to be really aggressive. He's also averaging 9.3 assists. I don't know if he'll be able to get that to an average of a double-double, but I think he's i mean, he's a monster usage guy. I think that's going to continue. I think he's going to really push to try to get those numbers up a little bit. And yep. then the other, the other number that jumped out at me that I wanted to talk about is his turnover number, which you mm -hmm. alluded to. He leads the NBA in turnovers. He has 4.82 turnovers a game. Oof. And... I want to ask you about that coach on FanDuel and whether that impacts your decision every night on whether to play him. Because we know that on FanDuel, a turnover is worth negative one point. On yeah. DraftKings, DraftKings, you only lose half a point. And Trey Young is a big three-point shooter, so he's more attractive on DraftKings where you get that half-point bonus for a made three-pointer that you don't get on FanDuel. So, yeah. I, you know, you play heavily on FanDuel. And so I'm curious, a, a guy like that, um, you know, is, is that always in the back of your mind? And, and you think, you know, I really prefer to play Trey Young on DraftKings because, you know, if he's going to turn the ball over five times a game, that's a that's that's a negative five point mark right there. It, it's always in the back of my mind. And I'd say I play Trey Young three times more on DraftKings than I do FanDuel for that particular reason, because he can play you out of a game. And he's super expensive. I mean, he's the 10K group with Luca and all the rest of them. And, you know, I've had him uh, with when he's had nine turnovers in a game. You know, you, and, and so he hit, he hit three threes that game. Guess what? They're all gone with those nine turnovers. So, yeah, you, it is a concern. And, you know, I think when you start getting to the point where you're around five turnovers a game, that means – on any given night, he can throw those eight or nine turnovers on there, and it can hurt you really bad because we know we sweat out these cash lines and you win by a half a point or lose by a half a point. And if you think your guy could, you know, cost you nine or ten points, 
you know, just on turnovers, you got to consider that. Absolutely. So um, that's the story with Trey Young. Uh, next guy I want to hit on is John Collins, and he's averaging a double-double right now. He's at 21.6 points and 10.1 rebounds. So similar to Trey Young, I think he's going to keep working hard, try to continue to average a double-double down he's the stretch. He's got so much potential. That dude could be an all-star. He really could. Yeah, he could. And, you know, the story with him, of course, was the suspension. He had yeah. to miss 25 games. So he's only played 41 of the 67 Hawks games this season. That's certainly put some downward pressure on their on their team performance, their win-loss record. So I look to him to come out strong, finish uh, finish strong with Trey Young. And then another guy I want to mention is DeAndre Hunter, who is averaging 12 points, four and a half rebounds, one point eight assists. Um, he's he's been a little bit he's been underperforming in my eyes a little bit to his potential. The yeah. guy, you know, he's got he he came in you know known as a strong defender. He's got length and agility, athleticism. But he, first of all, he only averages 0.7 steals and 0.3 blocks per game. And the rebounding numbers, he averages 4.5. Trey Young averages 4.3 rebounds a game. Wow. And Kevin Herter, he averages 4.1 rebounds a game. So that's that's disappointing to me. I, I yeah. you know, that's a stat that jumped out at me. And, uh, you know, Hunter is he's just a real enigma. Because he's always in that mid 4K price range, and so you, you see some of his ceiling type games, and he's attractive. But in terms of the averages, he's he's just not where I would expect him to be. So, um, I you know I'm not going to play him as much as I would be tempted to until I see those steals and blocks block numbers increase. Yeah, you know, I think he's got a good career ahead of him. I, I really like the kid. I, I think he's I think he's got a ton of potential. I'm with you though. <clears throat> I expected that I'd get the steals and blocks and rebounds, all those ancillary things, just because he's so, you know, athletic and his size and his hustle and his demeanor. I thought he'd get all those, and it would take him a while to put the offensive game together because until the game slows down for you a little bit. You know, you usually don't put up those big offensive numbers, but it seems like the whole entire game has just been a little overwhelming for him. So I think he's just one of those guys that's going to mature, uh, certainly a guy to target next season because he's got all the tools and I think he's going to get the opportunity. But I'm with you. I just there's too much bust potential. And for some reason, everybody, just because of what you said, Atlanta plays at a high pace and they're a terrible defensive team. So Hawks players and team players against the Hawks get a lot of play on DFS. And everybody wants to correlate and they're looking for the cheaper guy. So I couldn't, I can't believe how many lineups I see every night that either have Hunter or Reddish in there just because they're trying to make that fit. And I think both of those guys are, and I know you'll talk about Reddish, so I don't mean to be jumping ahead on you, but both of those guys, to me, just, it's too risky. Now, GPP, yeah, they could win you a slate. But for me, I'm a cash guy. Those two guys are good. I like them. I love their potential. But I will not be playing them down the stretch because as soon as you do, on a cash slate, you're going to get 12 fantasy points and you're going to be kicking yourself in the butt. So just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, I'm with you. 
Um, I would not play Cam Reddish in a cash lineup. And I'll, I'll go to him next since you mentioned him. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. I mean, he's played, you know, the, one of the key stats for me is he's played 58 games, but he's only started 34. So he's yeah. really been in that six-man role a lot, and, and Herter has been starting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Cam is a guy that, um, again, has that great potential. And he is getting opportunity even off the bench. So he's trending in the right direction. They yeah. had that double overtime game against Charlotte uh, yeah, he on went March nuts. 9th. Yeah, he played 40 minutes, and he was yeah. in there down the stretch. But you can't trust it yet. So yeah. um, he is a guy that I would consider in tournaments, but uh, but not in cash lineups. Yeah. Um, the the other thing I want to talk about in terms of the roster are the bigs, and that's confusing. Yeah. So Capella's on the roster. He has not played yet for the Hawks, yeah. and they came out earlier in March and said when he does come back. He's going to be on a minutes restriction, but that was that was earlier in March. If he doesn't, if we don't play until May or June, then yeah. we'll have to check back in on that because that will change things dramatically. Um, you know, it might impact Collins a little bit, and certainly Dwayne Dedman will take a seat. Uh, yeah. But he's been he's been a nice little uh, he's been a nice um, beacon of light and, and an opportunity in recent games he, since he's been back there. In the 10 games he's played, he has started eight. He's averaging eight points, eight rebounds, and one and a half blocks. He's shooting some threes. So he's been a good tournament play. Um, but I, I'm i concerned about him down the stretch because uh, I assume Capella will be ready to go. So we may not get as much exposure to, to Dwayne Dedman as we're getting there for a little bit. Don't be surprised if Capella doesn't see the court. I, yep. They know they're playing for nothing. Right. Whatever his injury, I read a little bit about it. It's some kind of like stress reaction to something or other. I don't know. But the bottom line is when you start pounding on your, you know, playing with your leg, whatever that is, it creates inflammation and, and cause. So I think why not be safe and sorry? Because next year, just think about that lineup. If he's 100% with Collins playing the four, and, you know, Herter and, and Trey in the backcourt, that team should make the eighth spot in the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at that starting lineup. Trey Young, Capella at center, Collins, your power forward, Hunter, your small forward, Herter, your shooting guard, and then you've got Cam Reddish and Deadman coming off the bench, um, and then whoever they get in the draft. So certainly— right. and they're going to get a high pick, too. Right, so. exactly. Yeah. So, so final point is, um, again, down the stretch, keep those things in mind in terms of the individual Hawk players, but continue to stack against them in tournaments. Their last two games have been overtime games. Uh, the, the Charlotte game, the total was 281 when all was said and done after those two overtimes. And then the next game they played, New York went to overtime, and the total was 267. And wow. we, we, we talk about this a lot with tournament uh, strategy, building uh, a game stack, and Atlanta has just shown recently they are a prime example of that. Uh, again, going back to those overall numbers where they're fifth in pace, 28th in defensive efficiency, and you know they they turn the ball over so much with Trey averaging five a game, it's just more yeah. opportunities for steals on the other side. So um, although they're 
record is terrible, they are going to continue to be relevant for us on the DFS side down the stretch. I agree. I, my biggest interest is, is uh, Coach going to be able to stick? Uh, I think that he got a little cred because Pop selected him as one of the assistants on the for the uh, Olympics. Uh, and he played, you know, he was on the bench during this fiasco with the FIBA last year. And now that they've moved the Olympics to next year, I know it seems awkward, but you just wonder if that's going to influence them to keep him around. You know what I'm saying? Because I'll yep. tell you, there's, there's, you go back, and this is another thing no one would ever think or talk about, but I, this is how my psych, psycho brain works. But it, you, if you go all the way back to 72, and there's been, you look at the bench of coaches. Like this is, I'm talking about like well, when you get into the 80s with the dream team and that, when you had Chuck Daly coaching, you had the Shashevskis and all those guys on the bench, uh, you know, there, and then uh, some of the the uh, pro coaches as well. But I'll tell you what what nobody ever pays attention to. The the great thing if you're a franchise and you have your coach on the the Olympic group that's preparing them and coaching them. That means they're spending a lot of time with stars from the league. They're working on the side, you know, getting shots up, getting to know them, getting to be friends with them, getting to be comfortable with them. Then they go through a competition together. And don't think that when that free agency period comes up that that's not part of the decision-making process. You know, LeBron got to know Spolstra pretty well through that process. I could name 25 guys that that has happened, and it does influence where they go. So I bring that up just because it's an interesting fact to, to follow, and I think it may have a little influence on Atlanta keeping him around for another year. Weird yeah. thought, but just something to think about. No, I think it's a great point. <clears throat> he, he, he's building those relationships, and all you need is one guy. If he can build a relationship – and it's yep. the tipping point to get one more free agent to Atlanta. And why exactly. wouldn't they want to come to to what they're building? You've got a guy like Trey Young who plays fast. He's willing to pass. And you're going to get more possessions, more points, more opportunities. Um, I think they're really trending in the right direction. I think if they can sign a, a, a true defensive stopper guy that is going to step up and sort of change the culture defensively there, and then they draft a good young defensive minded guy. Now I know they did that with Hunter, so it can, but he has, hasn't got there yet, but I think just that influence is going to help them too. I think they, it, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind being a Hawks fan. I think they've got a heck of a bright future. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So that's it. That's it. So we spent a good chunk of time on the two worst teams possibly in the league. <laughs> but look at all the the you know we're talking all about them. I mean, I'd rather play. I could tell you right now, I'd rather play Cleveland and Atlanta guys than like Denver and Utah guys. Even though yep. Denver and Utah are way better. I mean, pace and defense and half court and who their coaches are, the, the style they play. Those guys just aren't conducive to DFS. That's what makes this game so much fun. How many times have we like? sweat out like a Raul Neto or Jordan Clarkson or, you know, these guys you never think you're going to sweat out, but they all become players, you know, 
in in the big picture. I mean that that time, it, like eighty percent of the people had Frank Nitalikina, and the guy's just not that good. Yeah. But you know, it's <laughs> it's all depends on the situation, the team, the matchup, and and you know, it keeps everybody uh, in play. And like you said, you know, I found myself too. You know, if if you try to rank in your head, who do I watch most on my league pass? Uh, Atlanta was in my top five, even though they suck, because I always had players against them and usually maybe one guy from them. So, you know, I think they have become a a pretty popular DFS squad for sure. All right, man. Is that anything else you would like to add to the mix, my man? I think that's it. One more reminder, jump in, become a member today at DFS Coach Talk, and you can get one of our NFL lineups in our chat. Uh, and our new head NFL pro, Mr. Yeah. Andy Hanson. Yeah. So come join yeah. the party. We may have, when we do the live show, uh, we're going to be doing some live ones we put on YouTube. We may have to wear, have you wear a football helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can find. <laughs> that would be fantastic, man. You know, you just the, the mouthpiece hanging out and, you know, you're on there chatting it up. I love it. <laughs> but uh, at, uh, also on Twitter, you can follow us at DFS Coach Talk. We're constantly posting things on there. My personal Twitter, at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Andrews is at Language Olympic. And Mike Apatria is at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Shoot us any questions. You know, we'll bring them into the show. We've done that uh, the last few shows we had some great uh, Twitter questions come to us. Um, like I say, we'll be doing some YouTube live shows and uh, where we can really take some questions uh, right on on during the pod. And, uh, you know, we're going to build off of that. And you can catch us seven days a week. You know, as you know, we're going to be doing these shows, as we stated several times now, in preparation for the return of sports. You can catch us anywhere podcasts are found. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube. Please take a second or two. Everybody's a little bit trapped in and has a little extra time. This is the perfect time to rate, review, and subscribe, regardless of where you listen to us on. Subscribe so that you know when it posts. Like, you know, yesterday we posted like at 2 in the afternoon. This one's going to be posted like at 1230. We're always going to be in the, the general area, but if you're wanting to know right when it posts, all you have to do is subscribe through any of those ways you listen to your podcast, and it'll shoot you a message saying it's just been posted so you can know when it's up there and listening. Also, take a second, if you can, and hit the five stars and put a little comment on iTunes. We have a drawing uh, once a month. It's uh, just a little less than two weeks from now. We'll have the next one for a one-month membership uh, for anybody puts the five stars and also um, – uh, a little comment the thumbs up on twitter or i'm sorry on youtube are also very important uh you know those all those things get us a little bit more uh you know uh just out there a little bit more up that when somebody searches for dfs or or that type of uh they're looking for that type of of uh information we'll, we'll move up the chart in those areas so we really really appreciate that um, we always mention every day, if you have a chance, I know it's tough times for everybody right now, but if you do, uh, if you can donate, a wonderful cause <clears throat> is mambaon3.org. 
That's M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. Wonderful cause for uh, the families of the survivors from that terrible accident with Kobe. So give to them if you can. I know it's a wonderful cause. And I know, uh, you know, I, I just hope everybody's spirits are lifted. I know it's getting a little bit creepy for some of us to feel like we've been in the house for a couple of weeks now. And it gets, you know, I mean, I'm all about social interaction, not uh, the opposite that we're having to do here. So it's, it's, you know, it's easy to get a little down in the dumps. You know, a lot of us, you know, you go to work, you work hard, you can't wait to get home, watch the games, build your lineups. And when that's scooped away from you, you know, number one, you realize how much you love it and enjoy it. Uh, or, you know, number two, you, you just have to realize that, you know, we can't take anything in life for granted. So you know, it, hopefully this is a lesson to everybody that no, don't take anything for granted and realize that we're all in this together because that's really the only stuff we can take out of this. So let's just hope it gets back sooner. Stay confident, keep an upper lip, listen to our podcast, prepare with us, interact with us. Like I said, it's it, there's it's a frozen membership, so come in and join and uh, kill some time with us in there, talk some sports. Uh, and, you know, it's a good good distraction to get you through stuff. So hang in there. I'm just I'm staying positive, thinking that this is going to be shorter period than it needs, you know, than we were thinking initially. Uh, but again, you know, everybody's health is the most important thing. So still do what, you know, what they're advising. Uh, and, and we'll just uh, get back to this as soon as we can. Um, that is it, my man. Do you have any last words? Thank you everyone for joining us and be safe and be well. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of DFS Coach Talk. For my fellow NBA pros, Micah Patry and Andrew Hansen, I am Coach. We'll catch you again tomorrow when we look to prepare to crush it in NBA DFS. Dribble up and down the court, just like I'm the king of the microphone. So it's Dr. J and Moses Malone. I like slam dunks and taking it to the hoop. My favorite play is the alley. Ooh, I like the pick and roll. I like.